What's going on, guys? You know, Manscaped is one of the sponsors of the Real Bodybuilding Podcast, and they have everything. I've been using their Lawnmower 4.0 package for a long time now, and it's done nothing but good things for me. I also have the travel bag that comes with it, the nose trimmer, and all that other stuff. But they have some new stuff that they've sent me. I don't know if it's new, but it's new that I've it's been sent to me that I want to try out. And I just want to show you guys. So they got this lip balm that uh, obviously good in the wintertime for chapped lips. They got some deodorant. Smells really good. Body spray also smells really good. And a couple things I've been using for a little while now. So they've got the shampoo and conditioner. Obviously, I don't have hair, but I use it for my beard. I don't know. I just like my beard to be a little bit softer uh, after a shower. I don't like using soap on it because it just gets rougher, right? Um, and then the body wash smells awesome. I went through this in no time. This is probably my third container of it. So um, listen, it's a one-stop shop for men's hygiene. If you're a dude and you like to smell good, you make sure your junk smells good, all that. Manscaped.com forward slash RBP, get 20% off plus free shipping. Make sure you get the crop preserver and the ball deodorant. Also, you always want to make sure shit's fresh for your girl, man. So get there, make sure your hygiene is straight. Use code RBP or manscaped.com forward slash RBP, get the 20% off plus free shipping. Thank you guys. All right, so this uh, welcome to the Real Bodybuilding Podcast. This was supposed to be serious, but with Ross here, I don't know how serious it's going to be. So we're just going to start with the conversation that we've already started with. <laughs> so yeah. Ross was asking me, okay, so today's podcast was supposed to be about business and bodybuilding, and I have two business owners here. Ross owns um, Flavor Gang and Gaines Bakery, and if there's an, is there any other businesses? There's those two primarily. Uh, yeah, I own like three more. Yeah. Okay. And he's a pro bodybuilder and Seth is a former retired pro. And also obviously everybody knows he owns uh, Axe and Sledge. And we are just getting Terrence to join in now. Terrence is the uh, two-time Arnold classic champion, obviously. And um, Terrence, how are you? Hey, how you doing today, man? So I was just explaining to the audience how this was supposed to be a serious podcast, but we have Ross here. So it's hard to be <laughs> Terrence. I don't know if you know Ross and Seth. Ross and Seth, that's Terrence. Yeah. Um, hey, I can't see you guys. So uh, we got Terrence here kind of from the current athlete perspective at kind of at the top of the game in his, uh, his genre. So I want to kind of have some different perspectives on business and bodybuilding, but uh, Ross asked Seth an important question because we were talking about OnlyFans. And oh. Ross, you want to you ask Seth what you <laughs> Well, let me ask, let me ask the whole question. Okay. Let's so, start over. So, uh, the bro chat is amazing. And usually it's about, you know, jerking off and showing each other, each other's buttholes. So, <laughs> so when Fuad was like, Hey, we're, I want you to be on a business podcast. My first thought was, is this going to be about how to make money jerking off and <laughs> buttholes? And then, so Seth was like, I think there you have those. Yeah. They exist. So Seth, why don't you answer the question? How many people? Well, have my, my, my reply to this was that there was already things out there. And I was like, I make a couple hundred grand a month just showing my butthole on OnlyFans. <laughs> and, and nope, never see my face. You don't see the hands. You just see a butthole. Every Nobody day. knows it's you, but it's you. <laughs> and there's only probably like probably three people that have seen my butthole. 
<laughs> my brother being one of them, so he's not subscribed. Is that accurate? Only three people have seen your butthole? Like, I mean, a good close look to be like, that's Seth's butthole. No, I don't mean like an inspection, <laughs> but like how many people in your life have seen your butthole, you think? <laughs> like the, whole, the whole itself? Ross, like- this is your fault, but Terrence, this is Ross's fault. This was supposed to be a serious podcast, and it will be. Okay. <laughs> I had a thing for like mooning people and having fun when I was a kid. Just oh, so funny. a whole bunch of people have probably seen. <laughs> well, I've seen my butt, but the hole is a whole different. I never like, well, let's spread the cheeks and show them the goods. No. <laughs> no. Anyways, Terrence, how are you, man? I'm great, man. Great. Just made it back into town from Montana last night. You know, just getting my day started. How was that? I saw some pictures. You went out to uh, Flagnor Fails uh, facility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Rob and uh, Dana decided to bring on a couple athletes for the first time ever in the company. And uh, yeah, it was an awesome time. Didn't they sell their gym? You say what? Didn't they sell their gym? Uh, The gym in Pennsylvania, yeah. They live in Montana. Okay. What is going on here? Um, Yeah, a lot of people Rob chose us because we're more than just, you know, athletes, you know, photographers, creative people. Yeah. Uh, Anton over here on the left. Yeah. So most of us do more than just lift weight. So he brought us all out. We got content. We did cool stuff and um, got to know each other. You're at a fucking, awesome. you're at a rodeo. Rodeo. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, Dana wants to get into rodeos like next year, I think. She said, Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't work too well, eh? Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> they have a really uh canadians up there um obviously frank and uh emerson yeah yeah they have a they have a really cool facility up there they're doing cool things so it's nice to see you guys nice to see them bringing on athletes and and kind of expanding the brand that way for sure for sure for sure so the reason i got you guys together was not talk about buttholes the reason i got you guys together was talk about business because Terrence has been messaging me for, you know, a little bit now. We've been trying to lock the date down for this thing. And I've been a flake on it. And then he was dieting for the Arnold. And then so we're trying to finally get this thing locked in. Because Terrence thought it was important to discuss how to make money in bodybuilding. And how to make money after bodybuilding. And I thought instead of me and Terrence just talking about it, I'd bring on Ross and Seth as two business owners themselves. Who, who are also... Well, I mean, Ross is seven weeks out from the Indie Pro, so he's currently in, and Seth is retired, but still looks like he could compete tomorrow. Um, I'm in shape. But, I work yeah, hard. so I, th- I thought we could have a, <clears throat> I thought we could have a good discussion. So, Terrence, I thought we'd start off by like by kind of expressing to people where we started before we made any money, like at the beginning, like where did you work. Where did you work when you were trying to come up? I thought maybe that would be a good place to start so people know, like, yeah. hey, how did these guys make money when they were fucking – how did they compete when they were broke-ass, and where did they work while they were doing that? <laughs> that's a good That's a good start point, yeah. Um, I started um, bodybuilding, like, the first year I joined the military. I was um, about 18 years old, and, um, yeah, I worked as a avionics technician, so I worked on planes and whatnot. Everyone can Google, you know, e two e3 e4 paychecks you guys can see how much i made if you guys are interested in that it wasn't a whole lot um but basically the kind of kind of the way i got through you know financing competing was i just didn't waste money on anything you know anything frivolous anything that didn't help me get towards my goals you know i didn't have 
I didn't have like the newest smartphone. I, I had like a, I had like one of the, the kick flips when the iPhone four was out. I still had like a flip phone basically. You know, I didn't have any new shoes, new clothes. I didn't have even internet in my house. I would go to Starbucks to do my classes and stuff. So yeah, yeah, you, yeah, I mean. Rob, sorry, Terrence, can I ask you, do you, does anybody, anybody here, if you want to divulge any information, it's up to you, but can I ask what you might've been making at that time ballpark? Just so people know, like what, how you were stringing it all together. I can look it up. I do not remember. Um, you can, I get back to you. Let me just go. All right. Ahead. Well, don't worry, but it's not that important. I just yeah. curious if it was like 20 grand a year, 30 grand a year, 40 grand a year. Like, I don't know, it's like about 30 ish, but, okay. um, there's some conversions. Cause obviously the military gets some benefits yeah. that other don't get, but it's maybe around 30 ish or so. Um, the first few years, maybe tops 40. Yeah, 40. Okay. So military, military was your main thing. Now, as working in the military, obviously eating your meals and all that didn't affect like your job didn't affect you, your bodybuilding, did it? Or did you have to manage that somehow as well? It wasn't any harder than anyone else with a job. You know, um, I went to work at 645, got off at three, you know, worked in a building. We had a lunch break, which was about an hour. And then people had smoke breaks. So I just said, hey, I'm going to take a uh a mini lunch break and I would eat during when people yeah. went out to smoke. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's the kind of way I finessed it, you know? Yeah. Seth, when you were coming up, what's like, what was something you did at the beginning? Like when you were still broke, trying to like do your first couple shows or whatever? Well, I mean, <clears throat> like, like Terrence said, the one thing that people have to do is just understand how to manage their money. You got to be realistic with how much money you make and how much everything costs. So, I mean, I, right out of school, I mean, when I was in college, I was at the cafeteria. Just I stole food from there. You take your Tupperware containers <laughs> and load yeah. everything up. Wait a minute, you stole food from the Like I didn't know this rule. How did this work? Oh man! Like so, at the cafeteria, they'd have eggs, tuna, rice, yeah. and like if you were lucky, they had chicken. Like at a certain point in the day. Yeah. So whenever you went in for lunch or dinner, you just had your because you bought a meal plan. You know, yeah, part of yeah. your program that you had. Yeah. And then I'd be like, well, I'm going to take all the rice. I'm going to take rice every day from there. And then I put, if I wanted tuna, I'd put tuna in there with my rice and take it all and load it up and leave. You know, I'd eat my yeah. meal and then load it up and leave. Now, there's a little bit of sodium in it, so I was a little roly-poly, but that made, uh, that made it easy in college. And yeah. then whenever you get out into the real world, you know, I had uh, my first daughter, Adeline, when we were in college. So, I mean, I worked... I worked for my dad. I worked. Uh, I worked at the one bar. So you know, can you tell? Can you tell us? Like, I mean, it's even harder for you than Terrence because you had a daughter. So that's an added, obviously, an added pressure. But can you tell us what was approximate yearly wage at that time when you got out? Of I graduated. College? I graduated college and went to work for as a safety uh, as a safety professional OSHA EPA DOT regulations for Cocosin Construction. And my yearly salary was $41,000. So I made 41 grand. And uh, then I had, you know, my wife at the time and uh, my daughter. So I just managed it all from there. Um, and then, yeah. How was, far does, how far does 41 grand go with a daughter trying to bodybuild? Like, are you not, you're not buying Jordans. You're not buying any of that shit. You're, you're, are you like just bare minimum and eating still tuna and rice or like, bro, what's life I was, I was bare minimum broke as fuck because, you know, you got to pay for everybody in the house because you're not the only one eating. 
Yeah. And we all know, like, I mean, I think the one year I did my taxes, whenever I started buying higher quality food, bro, I spent like fucking $36,000 just on grocery food. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. So, I mean, those types of things, whenever we get, you get into it, but at the time, you know, I was just paycheck to paycheck living, living on a dream, wanting to turn pro. Oh, eight. I remember watching Peter Putnam when the light heavyweights at nationals. And that's yeah, whenever yeah, I made yeah. the decision. I'm like, I'm going hard. I'm going to dedicate myself and go and see if I can turn pro in 09. And fortunately I did. And it worked out. Ross, how old are you now? 31. Did you start? Yeah. When did the business, when did your business flavor gang start? Um, well, we, uh, we bifurcated. That means this uh, split the Gaines bakery into the flavor gang last year. Oh, okay. Okay. We've had the Gaines bakery since uh, like 2019. Okay, so how old were you when you decided to start bodybuilding? Like, take it seriously. Uh, so yeah, so I was 20, 22 when I decided I want to bodybuild. Yeah. I didn't compete till twenty five. Okay. But at twenty two, I opened up my own business. Wow. Uh, so a little different, you know. Start <clears throat> stuff. Yeah. But, um, what was that? What was that business? In uh, traveling, a uh, personal training uh, business. So I'd seek out like C suite um executives yeah. doctors travel to their house um train them at their home and then i slowly got into making their food was there ever any like i'm going right after the money Fuck them. <laughs> yeah I was, i'm not fucking around at the gym for 30 dollars an hour i'm charging a hundred dollars 150 an hour and i'm i'm gonna sell the shit out of myself and sell my services um and i think without getting off too off on a tangent i think this generation has lost a lot of um, intrinsic values to sell themselves. They, they don't hustle, they don't grind, and they don't know how to analyze competition. That's like the step one for business is who's doing what, figure out what they're doing wrong or figure out what you can do better and capitalize, that on, capitalize on that. So that's what I did. I analyzed all the trainers, figured out what the fuck they were doing. They don't know what they're doing. I was the complete opposite and I'd sell the shit out of myself. I did that for um, three years. And then I, I met my wife. Um, we started dating. We got fired together because uh, I actually started training um, one of my, or sorry, I started to work full time for one of my clients yeah. and that client was a fucking billionaire. So she hired me to be her assistant, long story short. Um, but we got fired together and then that's when we decided to move from, uh, from Maryland to Texas and open up the Gaines bakery. And that's sort of how it started. Was there ever any funny business at those people's houses? Um, no, no, everything was very, uh, very fast. You didn't ask like for extra tips and shit. No, but this one, this one lady who was an amazing client, um, she was a MILF. Okay. And the funny story is on the phone, she sounded like she was a cat woman, a smoker and 400 pounds. So I'm going into this, you know, random person's house expecting this, like, hello, hello, train me, yeah. open the door. And she is a smoke show, blonde bombshell, huge hits. And I'm like, oh my God. Okay. So the funny thing about this is that we train in the, in the, the, basement at like five in the morning and i just destroy her it's so it's extremely professional yeah um, 
but she's like moaning, like she's getting rammed the whole time. Her husband's upstairs, like, ah, ah, ah. And that's probably the extent of like, like how bad it got, yeah. Funny business. So, okay, but more seriously, uh, obviously you, like you said, you analyzed it and you decided to go that route. And like Seth said, you went where the money was. How lucrative was that at 22 years old? Like what's a ballpark? Like what could somebody make in that field doing what you were doing? Um, well, the thing is you're kind of fixated on your time. So you can only charge, you know, if you have like six to eight clients a day, that's six hours plus travel time. You're looking at a 10 hour day. You can only make so much. So I think I was probably making anyway from like 75 to 85 grand doing that. A lot yeah. of it cash. Yeah. Um, and I was, I've never worried about money because I always, and I'm extremely frugal and smart. Well, like uh, Seth and Terrence were saying, so everything was strategic. I'd, I'd coupon like crazy for, uh, for, you know, bodybuilding foods. I, I would, I would figure See, out smart. what's that. So yeah, that's smart. I mean, a lot of people don't do the coupon. You can do Groupons yeah. with Acorn. Yeah, you can um, if you you know order something on Acorn, uh, like Uber Eats or anything, you get like kickback and you can put into savings. I don't think a lot of guys think of stuff about. And like that. here's a tip too: if you go to a the the grocery store, you can actually buy cases of food. Yeah, you so, can buy cases of chicken and stuff. Yeah, yeah. and they they don't advertise that because they don't want to you you know you lose their stock. Yeah, but yeah. I want fifty pounds of chicken or fifty pounds of sweet potato. Yeah. You, you know, one thing you brought up, like uh, I shopped at multiple different grocery stores for my food. You know what yep, I mean? Like, yeah. you know, every Sunday or every Wednesday, you'd get like Sunday or Wednesday. I can't remember what it was where we lived. You get like newspaper articles of mm-hmm. like who had deals where at what grocery stores. Not so chicken was on sale for a buck 69 somewhere. I'm like chicken for the month. Yep. But yeah. at that point, yeah, like at that point, you got to make sure you have enough money in your account to buy chicken for the month and just be able to uh, be resourceful and be smart with your money and not be like, well, I really wanted to do this. And then that fucks your chicken order up for the month because I knew somewhere throughout the month, I was going to find chicken for one ninety nine or less per pound. You know, that's crazy. I never, I never did any of that. I never like I used to, well, I shouldn't say any of that. It's not that I didn't, I didn't do coupons. I used to go to the butcher. I knew a butcher that used to have chicken that he would sell like 20 pound bags at a time and it was the mm-hmm. larger chicken breasts that you could tell were older mm-hmm. and they weren't going to taste as good but i was like i couldn't go wrong for the price compared to grocery store chicken but how terrence i know you've been pretty frugal too because i know we did our podcast way back the original one we did and you were yeah. driving like a smaller car and you didn't care and you were very like you know you watched your money so how is that something that's just you've come up with or is it just because it was demanded of you at that time? Like, are you still frugal now or was it just a, a situational? Um, a little bit of both. I mean, I was raised, you know, with a single mom. Um, she's still super, you know, frugal. Like I, right now she's working with some super old phone. I just uh, brought her on as my assistant, you know, hired her and uh, she gets down here today. I'm going to buy her you know, a new iPhone so she can get with the, t- the times. But uh, yeah, I was just raised that way, you know. Um, just, yeah, she had, you know, she struggled, you know, she took care of me, my grandmother. And um, that's kind of what was instilled, instilled in me. So when I got older, it just, I just kind of continued that, you know, um, yeah. with body, but, you know, yeah. Um, uh, Ross, now that you have, so you said you've been frugal from the very beginning. So making seventy five to $85,000 a year, as a 22 year old is really good. good. 
Yeah. Especially okay. if, like you don't have any kids. Did you have kids at that time or no? No, I no kids. I, I had. Almost- so, so where did the, where did the, um, smart money handling come from then a 22 having that much money? Like, where did that come from for you? It is in my blood, man. I have got, uh, I've got so much Jewish in my blood. I don't think you can say that. If you can say that if you're Jewish. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah okay. Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, it's in my DNA. I can't like, I have a really good, um, ability to figure out what I need. Ross move, move forward a bit so I can hear you. It's like, okay. your it sounds a little hollow. Sorry. It's okay. Go ahead. I said, I said, I have an ability to figure out what I need and what I want, like the difference. Yeah. And sort of separating out logic versus emotion. So, I mean, I still drive a used Camry. I, I don't, I barely drive, so I don't need a, I don't need a fancy car. I drive like a mile a day. I don't know what that is. I'm, I'm so jealous of people like that. You know, Paul, like, <laughs> no, seriously, Paul's like that. Paul, like, you know, he has money. He's doing well, but yeah. he just drives the same, you know, Ford Explorer he's had for like the last couple of years. He doesn't really and- care. The, the opposite there's nothing wrong with you know liking material things at all yeah. it's just different it's just a different mindset no i don't i don't feel bad about liking material things i just wish i was smarter with my money and i just throw it away <laughs> so like it's, like i know seth is seth is probably somewhere between us because i know seth has his trucks and shit so i know to spend money like i i need to spend this goddamn money <laughs> <laughs> seth well, how are you how so think, you were you were no, i mean i'm Big thing for me was like, uh, you know, as you, I, I think <clears throat> most younger people wondering what to do with their money, just be smart with your money. What does that mean? Talk to yourself before you make a decision and decide, is this a good idea to do? What are my goals in life? Planning all these things. One thing for me with multiple kids, it's always been like, I I used to always budget my money when I went to the grocery store. Like I was very big on that. I was very big on what I needed for the kids' lunches, what I needed for me. And that was it. And now it's not that I, it's much more, but I, uh, I'd always go with a plan. Like I had this much money to spend and this, now I go to the grocery store and get everything that I need. And I don't have to think my pantry is full of everything that makes my life convenient. And sometimes convenience means to raise a higher price for certain items. So, I mean, when I, the first step for me was making it was whenever I didn't have to think about money at the grocery store. Yeah, it was like yeah, my big yeah. first step. Yeah. And now, like, I get to eat filet mignon once a week. Like, I was like, fuck, yeah, dude, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think now, like, moving into this position where I, I do very well for myself, uh, I bought materialistic things. I've done things that, uh, you know, I have my TRX, and I get excited about it, and I love it. But... Um, you know, what I've noticed is, is like, I lose the luster of them. The materialistic things lose their luster. And I'm like, they don't hold too much value to me. So as I continue, like on my personal journey of making money and building businesses, working with the kids over at gymnastics, I'm starting to find out that like, I really like, I really like being at home with my family. So like having a nice house and a nice place to come home to, to spend my downtime is becoming like something that I'm like, like that's what I'm attracted to. So yeah. it's those house and all those things. Are they materialistic? Yeah. But I think that it's where you want to spend your money. And like, if, so if people like dressing a certain way and looking fly as fuck, spend your money there. You like a nice house, buy a nice house. You want nice cars, buy nice cars, but just be, uh, be, be smart with your money. Don't be a fucking idiot. Yeah. That's like, 
and it's it's easy to say those things but you know i do dumb shit too you know sometimes i'll be like this is a good idea two weeks later i'm like that was a bad idea (laughs) let's not do that again (laughs) ross you had to you want to jump in on that yeah, I was talking to my wife about this last night, and uh, you know we're very fortunate to for the success success we have, and uh, I'm sure I think Seth was maybe alluding to this a little bit. You get desensitized to certain things. Like his his biggest revelation was the time he could go to the grocery store and buy whatever he wanted. Yeah. Well, that Big deal. that feeling goes away, and then you buy your nice car. That feeling goes away. Yeah. No. Yep. So if anyone's like sort of on this pursuit of success and, you know, riches and everything, try to focus what's important to you on things that you don't get sensitized, desensitized to like family, things that, you know, you can't really put a price tag on because that will always give you that never ending joy. Well, I want want to get away from material things, but I want to just touch on one thing before we do is like Seth was talking about his house. And Ross is talking about things that you don't get desensitized to. So the thing I, I, that's such a good point for me, Ross, because I've always tried to like, as I was coming up, I was like, I'll be successful when I have a nice car. I'll be successful when I have a nice house. I'll be successful when I have X, Y, Z, whatever it is. And then you get those things and you're like, oh, I'm not successful. But it's because you're, is what you're saying is you're desensitized to it. And it's, it doesn't mean as much as you thought it would mean as you were coming up. And I also think the reason, sorry, Seth, I was going to say the reason I like Seth's example though, is because his value comes from his family and having a nice home where your family is kind of ties the two together. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like the biggest me, like trying to be successful is what, what I quantify success is being able to provide for my family. That's the whole reason. I don't really care about having a whole bunch of nice things, but if I can retire my mom and if I can have my friends be, you know, in a good spot, then I'm happy. Seth, you were going to say something? Yeah. No, I was saying, and, and what, what, uh, you, you, you know, what do you define success by? Everybody has that, like, what is success? And everybody's answer could be different because we all came in different scenarios, different upbringings, all these things. But as you continue to go through life, I believe that like things change, like your oh, yeah. mind changes, your perspective changes, your outlook on life changes. Like, you know, Terrence is in the thick of literally beating the shit out of everybody in the most difficult, intense division in bodybuilding today. You know, yeah. chasing greatness is literally occurring. So his priorities are in a different position than someone that's like myself or you, Fuad, who's yeah. retired right now. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So I think like the definition of success can kind of change because I'm learning that like make millions of dollars, your company does great. Everything's wonderful, but then you still have, you still have things in your day that can beat you up. You're not, you're not, you know, invincible. You still have these challenges that you face. The further you go, like, like I could imagine me and whenever I'm competing versus how Terrence is competing, he's literally like, I'm going to be the best in the world. Yeah. Like literally the best in the world at something. Yeah. That is something that has this, crazy feeling so i don't think daily chat the daily challenges change but and uh and so does your outlook on on life and perspective and what you want to do because right now i have no desire to compete but i do still have goals yeah well to add to that to to add to that because terrence just said like my success for me is to be able to provide for my family 
I guess what I want to ask you, Terrence, because this is like, it's actually happening in real time. So the, the thing that Seth is talking about is that moving target. <clears throat> when you can provide for your family, that's not really going to be success because then you're going to be like, okay, now I've provided for them. What's next? So you never really, like, I guess the, the point I'm trying to make is you never, it depends on your personality, I guess, but I feel like people like us, um, am, ambitious people, I guess you could say, I, I don't feel like you ever really reach success because you're always, once you reach that thing that you've set your mind to, you're like, what's next? So never. like Terrence, if I could ask you, let's say tomorrow you're making X amount of dollars and you can provide for your family if you're not already. And okay. what would be... What would, like, what do you think would be the next thing in your mind? Like, what would be the so, next goal? I read a lot. Um, there's this great author named Simon Sinek. Um, he talks about your why or your purpose. And then he also has a book called Infinite Gain. And basically in those books, it's about having a purpose bigger than any one goal, something, a purpose that you honestly will never reach. Like, no matter how hard you can't win at it, you know? Mm-hmm. You can't win at business, so... With uh, with Seth, he'll you know he's always got a goal to reach after. Same with Ross, can't win a business. You always got ways to improve and be better. Uh, for me, my whole why is just I just want to inspire people um, to um, understand like the value of self development. Not just you know our bodies, but our mind, our souls, everything. The whole person concept. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whether I'm doing that through bodybuilding, or whether I'm doing that you know, through YouTube or however I'm able to do that, I'm still going to be able to do that, you know? Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting. You said that because I've always said, not always after I hit like 35, I realized bodybuilding wasn't about your physique. I realized like the reason bodybuilding is so good is because it's more about self mastery entirely. It's not just about having a great physique. It's about mastering your mind, mastering your body, mastering your urges, it's about mastering all of that. So it's a complete self mastery of, of your person. And it's like, that's what makes bodybuilding so difficult because you're always trying to get to that next thing. So, okay. So we've kind of veered off course. Let's go back to a little bit more. Like, uh, I, I know we can go, we can get philosophical all day, but like, let's go back to more like hands-on shit. So yeah, when you're Terrence, Ross, Seth, whoever wants to answer when you're coming up and you're not making the money you want, how do you get by if you can't eat filet mignon? If you can't eat these, like, what are you doing to get by in those early days? Ross, go ahead. When my wife and I, when we were dating, we were, um, we were, so she lost her job. We both lost her job. She had no money. I think she had like $86 in her account. So I had to, she moved in um, like immediately and we knew we were going to be together. But oh, yeah. we ate, we tell the story to each other all the time. We ate eggs. Six meals a day for four months. That's disgusting. Egg, eggs, <laughs> Your house probably stunk real bad. Oh, yeah. Well, that's why, that's how the whole Gaines Bakery started. Because, what do you mean? Why? Well, explain that. Oh, she was tired of tired of my of my smells, dude. She's like, <laughs> you, you, you smell so bad. Well, you're, you're eating like, eggs six fucking times a day. What do you expect? <laughs> well, I so <laughs> after my workouts, I'd get a low fat uh a low fat Dunkin' Donuts muffin. Okay. <laughs> Just for the carbs? Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's what she was like, you stink. We need to, I need to make you a new muffin. And that's how it'll start. But that's how it started. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, listen, was there I just this is really interesting. Was there ever 
anything before that? Or was it literally because she, you were eating a muffin every day. She's like, I'm going to make, I'm going to start cooking for you or baking or whatever. Yeah, it's exactly. So we were eating eggs and rice and sugar-free ketchup. And then I'd have my Dunkin' Donuts, low fat muffin. And she's like, dude, you are smell so bad. Let me make some of the things that, um, that digest well for you. And it was, um, yeah. oats, sweet potatoes, yeah. honey, uh, stuff like that. She made these muffins for me. I fell in love with them. And then I introduced them to, uh, as I, as I alluded to, I was a, uh, in-home trainer. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually trained a lot of kids too, a lot of youths. Yeah. I gave them, I gave them to the kids and they, they lost their minds. Holy uh, shit. And that's how it all started. I was like, if this, if these kids that don't eat any vegetables, they've never eaten yeah. a sweet potato, they never eaten yeah. oatmeal, they love these things and are knocking on our door for them. I think we have something here. Yeah. And that, that's how it all started, actually. Okay. So we'll go back to starting a business in a minute because that's obviously a really interesting point. But Terrence, I want to ask you so making 30 grand approximately, whatever the number was, and being in the army, what are you eating to get by at that time? He's doing eggs and rice. What are you, what are you eating? Yes, Seth. It was funny when he mentioned that. So like um, when your first couple of ranks, you're living in the dorm. So they, they actually take money out of your paycheck for food. So I had enough money to buy um, two meals a day. So I, I would have the oatmeal and the eggs in the morning. And then um, we would go to the, the cafeteria. I would eat at the cafeteria. And then I would make a second plate to take with me for my meal number three. <laughs> then I go back to lunch, eat there. Then take another meal back with me, and that's how I, that's how I got by. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Um. <laughs> and so, Seth, you were clipping coupons. So, what's okay? So, what's let's uh, try. I want to try and explain to guys coming up. When you want to make that next step, you want to make a little bit more money. You're sick of eating eggs and rice, or you're sick of fucking stealing from the cafeteria. What is the next step? How do you advance yourself? What happened from there? Seth, I don't know if you want to go first, but what was the next step where you're like, I can make a little bit more, more money in this sport doing this, doing X, Y, Z, like, cause people can go find jobs, you know, people can personal train, people can, you know, work for their parents or the army or whatever, but how do they make money in the sport? Because the, the number one question I get, which you probably get a lot, uh, Ross and Seth is how do I get sponsored? I want a sponsorship. I want to make money. I need to, I want a salary, blah, blah, blah. So there's obviously a whole bunch of things that happened before that, but Seth, if you, you want to go first, what is the first thing you could do to start making money or that you did to start making money in the sport? Well, this is the part of bodybuilding in this industry that is very hard and why so many people attempt to go through it and fail. Motherfucker, you got to be good enough. You yeah. have to be. Nobody, like, as people say, how do you get sponsored? Well, in short terms, you have to be good enough. What value are you bringing to a company? Who are you and what value do you bring? And this is the part where a lot of people have a, an issue today of understanding and knowing their worth. Yeah. Like on both ends, whether you are not worth it or you are very worth it and you're being manipulated or a little bit of mind fucked and think mm -hmm. and deserve more and go get more. Yeah, and yeah. then that's how like uh, shit or get off the pot comes about it. But when you're on the lower end, it's like the sacrifice that's why, you know, people used to bust. I've been buying dad's shoes since day one because I was a dad and they were cheap as fuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? So at those times, you have to make a decision on who you want to be and what you're going to go because, you know, I'll be very honest. Like, dude, I used to hustle. I used to hustle juice to make ends meet whenever I didn't have enough money to pay for all my stuff to get through on a show. 
and at some point I got to grow up and stop selling drugs. Like yeah, that's yeah. stupid. That's yeah. a, that's a, you got to grow up. Yeah. You can't be 35, 40 years old selling drugs. That's not a good, not a good idea. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then the Best whole time still, like family, yeah. yeah, still trying to produce, you know, trying to pursue your dream of being a pro bodybuilder. It's like, no commit. Yeah. Yeah. Commit yeah. to it. Sacrifice, go through the challenges because suffering and sacrifice is how we all have gotten to this point. Yeah. Like, if you don't know what it, what it, what, what a shit sandwich tastes like, you, you don't really actually get to enjoy filet mignon. Yeah. yeah. You know, in my opinion. So I think like, uh, that belongs like, on a, sh that yeah, belongs on a shirt, work. Seth. <laughs> that belongs on one of your shirts. What's that? If you don't know what a shit sandwich tastes like, then you don't, you don't deserve the filet mignon. <laughs> or you no. never get to enjoy the filet mignon. Yeah. And, and those are things that like early on in a career, that's what people have to go through. And you have to understand your worth. Like what value are you bringing to a company? Like, yeah. are you bringing value? And, and that is the most important thing. And do people like, like the value comes from as a supplement company, it's like the awareness of what you're bringing to everybody, the awareness of a company and also conversion. Are people mm -hmm. buying because you are part of my team? And those are just, the very basics of it. And then it comes like, are you, are you a good fit with the company and the team and the people and the aura? Because if you just keep jumping around, that's, that's not a good thing. We all go through it. We've all been with good companies, bad companies. We've seen what it's like to be with a company. You're like, fuck, I was a bad decision. It sounded good up front. And, <laughs> and then, and then you're at a good company. You're like, fuck, this is great. This is wonderful. There's always going to be good pros and cons to everything. But I, I believe personally, the number one thing is knowing your worth. Okay, it's a and very, you, very valid point. I would just want to. Sorry, go if ahead. You don't. No, no, no. I was just going to finish. And if you don't like what the other party has to say about you and your worth, that's your way of saying either "fuck you," I'm going to go somewhere else, or "fuck you," I'm going to go do it myself. Well, <clears throat> the knowing your worth thing is really, really important because it's just like your physique, right? When we look at physiques. We all know guys that look at their physique and it's not even near being a pro. And they're like, look how awesome I look. I should be a pro. But we also know guys that yeah. look like they're a pro already that are like, I don't want to post my photos because I look horrible. So it's, <laughs> yeah. so it's like the same thing with the money. You have guys that look like that guy and ha could be that person, but they're like, oh, I'm not a pro yet. So I don't want to post anything. And that devalues their monetary, the monetary value of that person because they're just not putting themselves out there. And then you have the other person who has like a hundred followers. Who's like, I want $5,000 a month and they're nowhere near being a pro. And it's just that no, so knowing your worth is important, but I want to come at it from a little different perspective. So the first thing Seth said, Seth said was you have to be good enough. And that's in terms of a sponsorship. So in my life or in Seth's life, and I don't know, Ross and Terrence, you can add in, but I had to be good enough on stage for muscle tech to sign me. And muscle tech signed Seth as well, probably for the same reason, but I wanted to touch on what if you want to be involved in the sport? What if you want to make money in the sport, but you're not good enough yet physically. So Terrence, do you have an answer for that person? Who's like, I want to be Terrence one day, but I'm not there yet, but I want to be involved in the sport. What can I do? I think Seth said it best, uh, understanding how you can provide value. So we all know John before John was a pro, obviously he had the physique, you know, but he made money through educating people. Yeah. I think he was making 
way more money than any pro was, uh, you know, at that point too. Yeah. Uh, we got guys who are funny, you know, capitalize on that. If you're funny, I don't know the dude's name, but there was this one funny dude. Um, I like the Jim bro dude, like with the yeah, Jersey yeah. accent. I go, yeah. So finding oh. out what you're good at and capitalizing on that is really, really important. If you don't have the physique just yet, you know, entertain, educate something along those lines. Is there something you did that you can point to? Cause I, I kind of <laughs> want to get a little bit of a personal touch on it. Okay, okay, you, okay. you obviously probably have a good contract now, but before the good contract came along, was there something else you did in the sport to make money? Early on, I had a, I had a really bad coach this, when I started. And um, I said to myself, I never wanted to be in this position where I don't know enough to where I can't tell when something's going being fucked up. So I started to take courses really early on. The military paid for my education. So I got into coaching really, really early on in my career. And that's how I, kind of uh made my way i educated people you know i would learn and um do free i would give out free stuff i would give out uh i would do q a's people ask me questions and that's kind of how i built my uh reputation as a as a as the coach you know yeah. you get yeah. i see a lot of guys out there now they just say hey i'm offering coaching and then they never post anything educational so i'm like besides you looking like you know you having a nice physique i don't know that you know anything about bodybuilding yeah. you know yeah. So showing people that you know something is what I did, you know. So offering some yeah. Q&A, offering some free advice. And I think that goes, that goes a long way because a lot of people don't offer it. It's, I think Andy Frazilla said it best. It's like you have to give two and take one. So basically yeah. meaning like give something and then people will give you back. You don't just take, 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 right? So, so okay, so we have a coach and we had a personal trainer and this is a question I get a lot because I think the coaching thing is the, the easiest barrier to entry for people who want to make money in bodybuilding or oh, fit, fitness, whatever you want to say. So personal training coaching, this is the number one question I get from people that want to do that. How do I build up a big clientele? So Terrence or Ross, I'll ask you first, how do you get to that C-suite client? How do you get to having enough people that you're living off of your personal training? Well, um, so I don't personal train anymore. I haven't. No, no. Seen, yeah. I know, sorry. I meant like I still, back in the day. I still, I still diet coach. So I, that's one of my other businesses. Okay. Um, and that's, I could live off that salary with ease. Um, I think people have to, the concept of trust is, is, is lacking big time in this, in this world. Um, and if you don't have trust, then you can't sell anything. Like it, once, once someone trusts you, like uh, Fuad, we talked before we recorded, Yeah, people trust my opinion. So, and I've, I've built that up over years by not spewing bullshit, by not <laughs> trying to sell shit. So my opinion holds a lot of weight. So when I say, hey, I like this product, they trust me, they will buy it and my trust will allow that product to gain more traction because of it's it's actual valid opinion okay so and that's a hundred percent actually a thousand percent like that's kind of what we've built our business yeah. on is the the whole like what we say is what we mean i'm sure we all feel that way um but when you're coming up i want to know how you got that first client and how you made the rest buy in is it just because the first client was it word of mouth was it like you were advertising like what were you doing to kind of build up that clientele and really make a business out of it in terms of like training or diet coaching 
either or just just for people listening, right? Some people want to be personal trainers. Some people want to be diet coaches. So I just want to give some ideas to people that what they're not doing. What I would for in both situations for in-home for personal training and diet coaching, I would offer free stuff. And I know it's not, you shouldn't offer free stuff because you want to have value. Yeah. But when you're, you need to get something going. So I would, I would, you know, pick up four people to, to do, um, you know, a, a, a diet phase four, and I would build up content and track their progress. And I have that content. Now I, you know, maybe sell one person and then trickle it in, trickle it in, trickle it in, trickle it in. And, and this is like you were saying, like, oh, you don't like to give away free stuff, but this is the most competitive fucking industry in the game. Yeah. yeah. Like we can just start naming things off. I didn't even know you did diet coaching. Like, yeah, there's tons of people that do these things. So that's that like. Like there's a million things out there. What separates you? Why are you better than this person? And right. the trust thing is huge. That's a great point. Yeah. Well, I mean, giving uber competitive. Yeah. I mean, in, in the context of giving stuff away, that's, that's what we do with supplements too. I'm like, yeah. I want, I want somebody to try my stuff because I believe it's better than everybody else's or tastes better than everybody else's or whatever, whatever it is. Right. Like Seth does the same thing and yeah. I want them to try Axe and Sledge or I want them to try hostile because I think they're going to love it more than what they're already using. So you give them some giveaways, they try it like, Oh, I do like it better. And then they buy. And it's the same thing. I think for coaching is like Terrence is saying, and Ross is saying is give them some information. So Terrence, I like your point because there's a, there's a really easy way to do what you were saying is, you know, everybody has an Instagram. Everybody has, you can easily create a YouTube. There's mm-hmm. a, it's very easy to do a Q and a and give out some information through one of my, co- go ahead. Oh yeah. My coach is uh, David. David, um, he's not a big name guy in the industry uh, physique wise, but he kills it by giving out free content almost every single day, um, teaching people um, and, and establishing himself as a person that knows something, you know. Um, now he has, he coaches Keon, he coaches a couple of the big name um, athletes. He's coached Dr. Sonny for a little bit mm-hmm. because he showed people he knew what he was talking about. He's good enough. Um, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that's the other thing, Ross, is, just because you give out free information doesn't mean you're going to get a shit ton of clients all of a sudden. Right. You have to, one of the things I admire about all three of you guys is the hustle, right? Like Ross is running two businesses and he's dieting for a show. I don't know. I don't even know how that's fucking possible, but whatever. So that's like more hustle than I could imagine. And you just have a lot of things going on. Seth is running two businesses. He's got three kids, you know, Terrence is fucking training, just won the Arnold. He's got a whole bunch of stuff going on. So it's like, everybody's, He's diet coaching and doing all these things, doing posing clinics. So everybody has stuff going on. So it's hustle. So when you said good, you have to be good enough. It's like you can give out free information, but you have to give clients as much of yourself as you can. And then you have to prove yourself. If you, if you coach those first one or two or personal train, those first one or two clients and you do a bad job, that's word of mouth. So you got to, put in the time and effort too, right? Like that's I something think, that we haven't touched on yet. I think perseverance and grit is important. Um, Cause yeah, I mean, when, I guarantee you all of us didn't have like immediate success when we started, we probably fucked up. I had some clients in the beginning that, especially when you've been out free stuff to clients, they don't check in, they don't get results. And then you have yeah. to keep trying. You have to keep getting new clients until you get that one that actually really wants it. that couldn't afford it. And then you finally get that one good progress, uh, that uh, transformation photo and then you can start to build upon that mm-hmm. right. but, um, yeah it just it just takes time you have to be willing to 
to eat shit for a while for sure yeah um so moving on from that period seth when you got your first contract because you were good enough seth was kind of like uh for those of you who don't know when seth was competing he kind of blasted onto the scene as the next big thing and got a contract pretty pretty quickly mm-hmm. so after you got that contract were you like i made it i'm good i could sit on my ass now or was there still more after that like what what was life like at that point because now you have the muscle tech contract and all that yeah i had the muscle tech contract it was for thirty five hundred dollars a month and then i was getting motherfucker you were getting paid you were getting paid more than me yeah i was really good <laughs> was really uh, good <laughs> <laughs> I was getting paid thirty five hundred bucks a month, and then I was getting a thousand bucks a month for muscle uh, muscular development. So I was making forty five hundred dollars a month. Like all of a sudden, like I started doing well, and that was my rookie year. And then I uh, won the Dallas Europa Show. So then it went from thirty five hundred dollars a month to forty five hundred dollars a month. Um, and then my contract with uh, my contract with muscular development actually equaled that it became $4,500 a month as well. Yeah, so I was making are, nine grand a month as a young, yeah, as a those young Those were the guy, good old days. Guy. <laughs> I, and it was just straight mailbox money. Go fucking win. Yeah. That's the name of the game. There was yeah. no social media then. Like that was just it. 20, it was 2010. Yeah. So I did really well there. And then I lost. And then I kind of lost my head too. And my home life flow fell a little bit of a part. And uh, I left the industry in 2013. Muscle Tech actually was told me after, you know, I lost the shows, lost my shit, blamed everybody for me losing all that fucking childish shit. Um, Muscle Tech still, they were like, we want to keep you signed on. Mm-hmm. Like, we like you. It does, you're going to come back. Like the owner of Muscle Tech, after I uh, shit the bed at the Toronto Pro goes, everyone loses. Calm mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. Just go but- back to work. But Seth, when, when you're making that nine grand, are you doing anything else at this point? Or are you like, this is my life. This is it. That was it. I stopped, I stopped all the bullshit, uh, you know, trying to make ends meet by selling drugs. I was like, I'm fucking done with it. I don't got to sell, you know, tests to make my money back. I don't got to, you know, I don't got to do all that to make ends meet for the family. Now I'm making real money. It's yeah. all on me. And then I screwed up and lost shows. And then also at the time, like kind of lost my head. And then my home life was a mess. So in 2013, I stepped away, and that's whenever I just went and got a real job. Okay, so you know, let, me ask you, safety. let me ask you this, Seth. When you look back at the nine grand a month days, mm-hmm. do you regret not doing more, or are you still content with like not doing anything else? Because what the reason I'm asking that is because I didn't do a lot. When I first got my first contracts, I also sat back. But then after like a year, I realized there's a lot of money I'm leaving on the table here. There's a lot of things I could be hustling to do more to add to these contracts. So when you look back at it, are you happy you kind of like just took it in stride or do you wish you would have kept on building other things? A little bit of a loaded question just because of my life, you know, yeah. having two kids and my ex. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. My home right. life wasn't great and it was a little bit of a shit show and I had to take care of some stuff at home. Yeah. Um, so looking back at it, like, I always knew that like, if I kind of like, I hate this is ignorant to say in a way, but it's the truth. If I freed myself from her and got away from the the drama and the ugliness and all that bullshit back then, I'd go on to do great things. Yeah. So okay. that's kind of why, like when I came back to the scene in 2016, early, you know, t- late 2015, early 2016, I was like, 
everything that I do, I'm going to fucking own. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's why when I came back on, you know, she was no longer around and I just did every single fucking thing possible. Like I, I was, you know, I, yeah. I was living paycheck to paycheck again. Yeah. yeah, at yeah. That time. I went from nine grand a month to all of a sudden, no money, getting a job, working for the man, which was a pretty good job to quit in that job, to do all this. And I was yeah. broke again. And it's like, those are the, 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 the points, but you know, I went for, I, 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 I will invest in myself every time I learned that about myself over the time. And that's why in 2016, I was like all in on me. I love bodybuilding. I love everybody in it. I had so much fun there. That's where I want to be. Yeah. Minus something that was a little bit of a problem in my life. Yeah. Yeah. So Ross, it seems like from the beginning you were intent on like intent on being self-sufficient and not needing anybody else. Yeah. So you said when you decided to start bodybuilding, you were 22. So you knew, did you know about athletes getting contracts and all these kind of things? I didn't know sh shit about fuck. I didn't know anyone. I didn't know uh, any coaches. I didn't know athletes. I saw a video of um, a YouTube video of Arnold, um, like posing on a mountain. Yeah. Do you know that one? <laughs> yeah. That's from pumping iron. Yeah. And yeah. I fell in love with it. I was like, that is what I want to do. Just, I want to be alone in my world and I want to yeah. fucking bodybuild. So, um, so the reason I ask you that is, so you weren't ever like, I don't want to have to rely on supplement companies. I want to have my own business. You just wanted to rely on yourself just because it was just oh your yeah, thing. I've never, I've never had any sort of supplement deal or in ambassadorship or sponsorship at all. I've, I've never had that, but it doesn't even seem like something you're really interested in. You kind of have your business and you want to build your own thing and not worry about anybody else's stuff. Uh, yes and no. I think, um, you know, I'm so isolated over here with my wife and what we're doing. Um, yeah. sometimes I feel like being a part of a team in body within the bodybuilding space would yeah. be something that I'd want to do. Um, yeah. but I have to be good enough first. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, Okay. So when you guys start your business, I guess we'll move forward. Well, before we move into starting business, Terrence, contracts. What was, yeah, I want to discuss contracts. So that's kind of the next phase, right? Because a lot of people get into the sport. The first thing is like, how do I make money? So they personal train or they coach or they, you know, do posing clinics. And then from there, maybe they become good enough and they finally start getting their first contract in that. So can you, I don't know how much you want to divulge, but how did your contracts start and change throughout the years because obviously they've changed with your progression all right um first contract i ever had was with uh this brand that's no longer around i can't even remember the name of it but um i was i had just turned pro and um i was i was a lightweight when i turned pro there was no classic so i wasn't a you know a name so i think going back to what self said about knowing your worth i wasn't worth that much at the time so i got free yeah. supplements and i was happy with that you know yeah yeah um when classic came around, I started to do a bit better. Um, I won my first show, and that's when I got, you know, my first decent contract uh, with Matt. He paid me two grand a month. Honestly, I think that was a little bit higher than what I was worth at that time still. But I think he was investing in what he knew what would, you know, be coming. Yeah. I, so um, two grand a month for a while with MPA. Uh, that was 2016, first year classic. Um, then, then... I kind of slacked off with uh, my obligations as an athlete and they kind of dropped my pay and right around the time when I was getting out of the military. So 
not a great moment in my life. And um, that's kind of when I realized like, I never want to be relying on a supplement company for my income. Wait know? a minute. Can I interrupt you? But we'll get back to that exact point. I just want to yeah, ask yeah. you as an athlete, why did you slack off on your responsibilities? You, since you brought that up, I'm just curious. I am not like a huge, like it's taken me a long time to get used to doing the social media thing. Uh, I, I, I like the days where, you know, Seth and, and you guys where you just showed up for events, you did, you know, photos. <laughs> yeah. So um, I just wasn't really good at that at the beginning. I'm just now figuring it out. It is something you have to learn. Years. Yeah. 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 So I just wasn't posting enough and, and, and converting enough. So um, they dropped it. So um, that was, that kind of hurt <laughs> financially. But So that uh, taught, so that taught you that you needed your own shit. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when I really dove deeper into the coaching aspect, um, really pushing that harder. Um, yeah. Yeah. Where, where I'm, yeah, I'm still making more coaching than I do from, from uh, uh, sponsorships, like okay. way more. So you had to, you had to learn a hard lesson. I think we've all been there. What, yeah. what, uh, when was the next sponsorship after that? Or was there another uh, revenue stream while you were coaching? Was it just coaching and then a next contract or was there something else that came into play? That was it um, for the longest time. Um, now I'm in a much better spot. I have, uh, you know, a clothing company sponsorship, you know, supplement company um, deal, and I own equity in the Fit Body Fusion brand. So um, I was getting to the point where I couldn't handle any more clients, and I was looking to build a team, you know, scale the business a bit. Yeah. And um, I ended up meeting Jamie. Um, Demon Art, they had some issues building the mail side of their business, and um, they came out to came to me with a proposition and uh, um, of building up the mail side, but also having you know getting you know passive income from you know from the business as well. Yeah. And I thought that would be a better option because I had no idea how to <laughs> set up the systems in place um, to to do something like that. Um, and on top of that, they are in a really good spot too. They they sponsor every every big show. They sponsor the Olympia, the Arnold, yeah. um, about twenty shows every who national is, show. Who is that? Fit Body Fusion. Fit Body Fusion. So we have about thirty five coaches, and um, at the moment, we just brought on a new guy, uh, Esteban Colombian, because we're trying to branch out to be a little bit more bilingual. So we're reaching out to some Spanish people as well. Um, this guy, these guys. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is it right here. Um, I've signed up with them and it's been amazing. Um, Jamie has been in the industry forever. She's a former Olympian. Um, her father helped create the, uh, the little things we used to use our credit cards with. So he was like, that's, he's the guy that made that. Oh, the square thing. Make some money. Yeah. Yeah. You mean so those, he was you, worth it. You mean the square thing that goes on your phone that like you can swipe? No, no. Before that, before that. The oh, old okay. school card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. At okay. The stores. Yeah. At the, so um, she knows what she's doing business-wise 100%. And um, yeah, I just thought it'd be better, a better um, option for me. Um, but going back to like contract-wise, I, I think even if you can't demand like a ton of money, understanding like these contracts you can negotiate with them with. So like with still, I made a deal with, with, uh, Jason, we, we were talking back and forth. Everyone knows Jason. Uh, um, he wants to, uh, well, for some people who don't. So Jason us from steel supplements. 
steel supplements, um, yeah. pro bodybuilder. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so after I think he, he signed, it was, he's a nice dude. So he signed me at literally my lowest point. Uh, when I had, you know, when, when, uh, Matt passed away, I was homeless for like two weeks and, and <laughs> yeah, he, he took a chance on me as well. But, um, after I won that first big show and, um, a couple months later, my contract ended, we, we started to talk a little bit and I asked him, I was like, Hey, I know that I can only demand so much money and, you know, monthly salary, but how about, you know, if I want to show, can you match the prize money for me? Yeah. And he was like, yeah. So going into this Arnold, you know, I won 70 K I got paid another 70 K from still and then i also have a deal a deal with tough raps where they don't they don't match it completely but they pay a percentage so i made even though classic we don't make a ton of money usually that's the highest highest price that we have for a show right now 70k dude awesome. that's a that's some good negotiating skills on your part <laughs> if you're fucking good enough yeah <laughs> good so, for yeah, you man I, mean, I always try to find ways if i can't make you know a ton of money like in a certain way then I, I try to find some other type of benefit so like even with like you know when i'm going when i'm doing seminars and stuff i'm like okay well um this is this is a little bit, little bit less about making money but if I'm, I'm going out to to chile for an event uh later this year i'm like well yeah. you know you could pay me this much this is what your cap is but i know they get a discount on the hotel so i was like put me up at a hotel for a week yeah, and yeah. i get a vacation you know no that's so smart thing- yeah Finding ways and negotiate. I think a lot of people are just scared to talk to people about stuff. They're scared about losing out or or missing the opportunity. Yeah. And I think like so just knowing your worth and knowing what you can get away with and what you can't get away with is is a big a big deal here. And understanding that. Yeah, you're you're I'll you're real quick. Okay. That 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 point right there of not being afraid to talk to people is crucial crucial you just have to bring up you just have to talk it out these are just discussions if you want to talk you bring it up yeah, yeah that is a huge point whenever you're talking dealing with people with contracts negotiations you know you just understand the situation pay attention to energies and vibes and tone of voice mm-hmm. so that you understand how far you can push before you reel it in but also don't be afraid <laughs> to, to go after yourself you know well um, that's a phenomenal point I remember, and it is because I remember back in the day when you're younger and you're trying to get a contract, you're scared that if you talk too much or ask too many questions that they might just let you, they might not, they might just stop discussions altogether. So yeah, you just, if, you don't, if you're not feeling the vibe of a conversation, well, I just mean like, an let's and say go in there and demand the world, you like know what I mean? It, but I understand you, you're, what you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah. Like when muscle tech came to me, they're like, we'll give you less than Seth. And I was like, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I didn't say yeah. i want the same as seth or i want this or I, I just said cool i just they're muscle tech i want the contract i don't want it so it's a really good point that you guys bring up is if they want you they're willing they're going to be willing to have a discussion and if they're not willing to have a discussion then it might not be a good fit for you anyways yeah yeah so yeah terrence how is so where did you have to place before was it after you won your first show, you're able to renegotiate or like, where is it where people can finally say, you know what? I, I want X. Like, do they have to be your second in the whole world right now? So is that where they have to be? Or like, where is it? I think anytime you're going into a contract, deal, I mean, again, self said already, 
you got to understand what you bring. You got to understand what you're bringing to the table. I think a lot of people have no clue what they bring to the table. Okay, like, wait, let, I, let, Terrence, let me get specific about that because we've all said it a few times. If I'm Terrence, what am I bringing to the table? You're talking about follow. Okay. Yeah, tell me what you're bringing to the table when you sit oh, down with someone. Followers is important, obviously, but that's not the end all be all. Let's let's say, for instance, I'm a a hot chick on Instagram. All I do is show my ass, and ninety percent of the people that follow me are just horny dudes. I'm not gonna be able to sell a supplement because they don't care what I'm selling, right? Right. So not only so having people that actually care about what you have to offer is important. Um, I think one of the biggest things that kind of humbled me just a tad was seeing uh, the actual sales I convert, you know, yeah. the, uh, I don't know if you guys use a fealty or not, but just seeing how much stuff actually, you know, what actually happens. Yeah. Um, actually really, really eye opening for me. And um, obviously a lot of people can't, can't see that directly, but until they get in that, into that contract with someone, but um, not, I mean, obviously the first thing is that you got to have a decent amount of following, you know, um what's, so a, under- what's a decent more specifically what's a decent amount of following let's say somebody <laughs> wants so i used to date this girl rachel she had i had like 500k followers she has about 100 yeah. but she could sell just as much as me because her fans are fucking hardcore rachel fans right so it's tough to say them the number because even with flag no fail this is this is girl she has the second highest number of sales and she only has like nine thousand um followers and we got guys we got girls with like 100k on the team but she's out selling them because her fans are loyal fans you know yeah, yeah, yeah. and that and that goes back to the beginning that's a huge point what are you bringing to your ta- the, to the table and knowing your worth and your value to somebody because say you have 50,000 followers but you're selling 75 grand in supplements every month like yeah that's mm-hmm. a big fucking deal yeah, Whereas yeah, yeah. like, and, and then as someone that has a half a million, that's maybe selling, you know, 15, $20,000 a month. So, I mean, those are the things then, and as an athlete, what everybody needs to remember is every single company that you're working with keeps those numbers. You need to see those numbers, put that yeah. into your contract that you see the actual numbers and all the transparency, because if you end up leaving that company or things don't work out, you have that intellectual, you have that property of saying, Hey, look at supplement company. This is what I do. This is this what, what I, this is part of my value. I have great conversion, or even if it's whatever your conversion is, this is my conversion rate because that's going to be a question. I mean, you can generally you can generally tell even if they don't want to give you the numbers. If you're getting a ten percent commission, then you know you know if you made twenty five hundred bucks this month, then you you know you sold twenty five grand worth of product. So like you can kind of do the conversion on your own if if sure. somebody's doesn't want to give you but most companies should be able to provide you with that number it's not a secret so okay so i think but real quick before we move on no go ahead i think what people should understand is there so again social media is pretty much the whole thing now with 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 being sponsored um i think understanding um that your social media page is like your storefront now you know what is what is the what are you trying to convey to people on your Instagram page? You know, mm-hmm. it's somewhat important. I think guys like you, Jason, Seth, you guys have done a really good job of branding yourselves and conveying to people who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, because that's what matters. Like people get invested once they know who you are. Yeah, and I think that's a huge part of it. Well, that's what I tell people: is like people like your physique, but they fall in love with your personality. 
Yeah. If, they, if they don't know your personality, then you're just a physique that once that physique disappears, you disappear as well. Like Jay, no, like to, to me, sorry, Seth, just for a sec. No, to me, no, no. Seth is one of the best examples of this because Seth retired fucking eight years ago or nine years ago, but people fall in love with his personality. The fact that he has a great physique is awesome. It goes with it. But if Seth all of a sudden tomorrow looked like a fat marshmallow, people would still, <laughs> they would still follow him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, still yeah. like me. <laughs> I'm on family fan page, bruh. Multi-dimensional. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Seth. Go ahead. What were you what, what, what I was gonna say was another thing that comes into play is like Terrence it was saying he was a little humbled by his his sales and his conversion rate per his number of followers. But as a company owner, the awareness of your brand and the awareness of an athlete that you bring on, like whenever Terrence goes to steal, what do you see them do with Terrence? They put him in the craziest creative lighting. They yeah. utilize <laughs> him and have him display. Like, because Terrence, you don't hear Terrence talk very much in the stuff. What do you see? You is see a phenomenal physique yeah. do things that no other one, no one else is doing. Put on these yeah. posing routines. So Steele has to say, okay, this is how much money we pay him, but how are we going to utilize him to make money off of his physique <laughs> and his display? Like he's a fucking yeah. statue. He's yeah, yeah, literally yeah. a flowing statue. So how do we capitalize on him? Yeah. So, yeah. and that's whenever he comes in, we utilize him, we put him in these scenarios and, and find a way as a company to make more money off of him than just his sales. Yeah. Tell everybody if, if you're here, I'm telling fucking everybody, you are the Arnold Classic champion, just yeah. like Steel does. <laughs> Yeah, just yeah. Like, that's what I mean. You got to capitalize on the individuals that, because if you have someone of his caliber, that's what you do. And then say someone like uh, like Logan Franklin, for example, fucking the Texas Oak, massive guy, all the posing. Well, if he's not converting at those same rate at, at the numbers that, that he thought he would or anything like it, you use his display of his physique. You put him in these advantageous positions from a company standpoint to make money from just how he looks. Yeah. Or if someone is funny and talks, use that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Use their personalities and their attributes to your advantage. So we early on, we talked about success and what it means. So I just want, want to ask one question before we on, go on to building a business. Terrence, what's it feel like to go from the military to where you are now? Because obviously you're in a much, much better financial position. So does it feel like do, do you feel that success or you just still feel like that same person that was in the military trying to make it? Cause I'm like way, I told my, my wife this the other day, I'm like, I have more money than I've ever had in my life. And I feel broke as fuck. <laughs> like, how does that, like, I don't know how that makes sense, but that's, do you guys feel like, no, I, 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 yeah, yeah. I live by that. Is, yeah. is that something that never, is never going to go away? I don't think it is. How is that possible? That, yeah, that's that thing that, you know, you, the, the whole moving target thing you, you said. That's yeah. what it is. It's like, I don't even, I I'm, I still think boobs are cool. So I still feel like a 16-year-old. <laughs> so like, like all this interaction of all these different things occurring in life. I'm like, man, I still, I still kind of feel like, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm doing a really good job of it. I'm putting everything I got into it. So that's all I can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Let's so just keep awesome. going, huh? It's so awesome you said that. Cause most like it's funny because most company owners are like they want to act like they got it all figured out. Like I know exactly what's going on and I know exactly where we're going. And to a certain degree, everybody does. But I also have that feeling, Seth, of like, 
I don't know what the fuck is going on, but it's working. <laughs> just keep I mean, going with it. <laughs> it's you know, it, it's it's I my desk is covered right now with paperwork and 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 numbers yeah. and yeah. samples that we're doing of new products, and it's like I just you just keep going. You just have an going. idea, you have a, a grasp <clears throat> on everything, but then at nighttime, you know, I always say like at night times when you have your conversations and you're vulnerable with yourself, you're just like, what in the fuck is my life? Yeah. Whatever it is, I really like it and I'm having a good time. I'm going to keep working hard. <laughs> All right. So, okay. So moving on to building a business and we kind of have been talking about building a business because we talked about trust. We talked about word of mouth. We talked about giving back. All of those things are part of are part of building a business, but I want to go to Ross and ask, cause you guys started from like a really, really grassroots. Like you're, like you said, your wife made you a fucking muffin. So like, where do you, how do you go from my wife made me a muffin to who you guys are today? Because I know you're, you're big and you're successful and everybody knows about you guys. So like, how does that happen? And what are some of the things you could teach people along the way that maybe want to start their own thing? And this is a super uh, abstract question. I know. Yeah. We have envisioned every single thing. Um, and we've Sorry. accomplished every single thing that we've envisioned. So this is uh, flavor gang. This is Ross's website. Sorry guys. Just to, sorry, Ross. I just wanted to no, that's okay. let people know. Yeah. Go on. Go on. Um, it, I, it all comes down to mindset. You know, my wife and I, our hobbies were to talk about business and, and talk about ideas. That's what we do all day long. We just became addicted to obsessed with it. Every second of our time being awake was dedicated to talking about these things. Um, and it's just going through the checklist. Like our first thing was we wanted to open up a, a restaurant and a bakery. We did that. Second was we wanted to open up a compound. Uh, like but wait a, a minute. Sorry, you just skipped over a big part. So your first thing was you want to open a bakery. Yeah. The first person somebody says, okay, great. You want to open a bakery, but where did you, get the money? Where'd you get, yeah. Where'd you get the money to open that bakery? Okay. So going back to the eggs and rice thing. Yeah. So we knew at that point, we knew we wanted to do something with, okay. we wanted to get out of Maryland. Yeah. So we had to penny pinch and save up like 10 grand. Um, and then we got married and we were able to capitalize on some wedding money. And um, with that wedding money, we were able to find a, a commercial lease. Okay. Um, and then uh, a bunch of stuff happened, but we opened up a very small, very, very small spot. Um, and we actually outgrew that space in six weeks. Wow. And just of being, you know, either it, whether it's luck or just being really good. One of the customers was, uh, is, is our landlord still today. And he converted his, um, his hotel into a restaurant and that okay. restaurant is on the first floor. And then we used to live above the restaurant. Wow. Um, and now our staff lives above the restaurant and we live in a house attached to the restaurant. So, wow. So it all my kind of, day, that's how it started then. Huh? Yep. So yep. kind of just like, yeah, just like a, every dollar went into it from the very beginning and you kind of just grew it organically as possible. No, till this day, we have not spent $1 on ads. Every single thing is word of mouth and a referral base. Yeah. And I think with, when you have a foundation like that, you have that and going back to the trust. Yeah. So every time Flavor Yang launches a new product, we have so much trust. The consumer knows it's going to be a banger. 
Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We just released a, a new sauce called Orange Dragon to some of our retail stores. Yeah, and the feedback is amazing. So, I think it's also the ability to have patience and vision. Because I think a lot of people get into the supplement game, for example, like I'm not, I don't know the sauce game and, and the bakery all that well, so I can't speak on it, but business is business. And I think people get into businesses and they want to be a giant from day one. And I think they make a bunch of mistakes because they want to be that giant. And I think the way, what you're saying is by not spending money on advertising and having a lot of trust and a lot of integrity and word of mouth, you know, the way you're doing it is the long game though. Right. Like you guys, you and your wife must have known that from the beginning. Like this is a long term. We may be a huge company one day, but it's going to take us years. Like you knew that going yeah, in. Yeah. You, you can tie it to bodybuilding. I'm sure when Terrence uh, turned pro, was that Nationals or USA's Terrence? Nationals. Did you, did you have a feeling deep inside that you were going to win the Arnold Classic multiple times? No, I never really thought about anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> Yeah. Terrence is too okay. humble, man. He wouldn't even, say that. Even if he, even if, if he, even if he didn't know, yeah, that yeah. that task of doing that, achieving that accomplishment, yeah, will take years. But and, but you know what? Just like in bodybuilding, you have the guys that will start, and they'll take a ton of gear because they want to look like Ross after fucking six months. Yep. So it's just I'm just trying to convey to the people listening whether you're starting an online coaching business, whether you're starting a personal training business whether you're starting a brick and mortar store or anything like Ross did or a supplement company, the patience I think is, is one of the, the patience and the trust are like one of the very key factors, because even in my business, when we launched, I was like, I want to be the biggest company in the industry today. I'm like, I want to do it today. I want everything now. And it took my partners to sit me down and go, listen, we're going to do this this way. And I was like, you know what? That's a good idea. I think that makes a lot more sense. And now we have like a, you know what I mean? Like Seth knows what I'm talking about. Like, I'm like, let's sell to all the stores and let's go to all the different countries and let's go to, and it's like, that would have been the biggest mistake ever. Yeah. Sometimes more money is not better money. Well, yeah. And sometimes too fast isn't necessarily a good thing. Yeah. So it's, uh, you you ever heard of the 10,000 hour rule? No. What is that? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, this guy, Simon, uh, no, it's a different guy, but, um, he did the research on guys like Bill Gates, you know, the Beatles, tons of people. And he found that generally it takes around 10,000 hours for someone to be truly excellent at something that they do. Um, and yeah, for me, I've been doing it in 10,000 hours, give or take, depending on how much you do it each day, you know, it varies, but that's about 10 years. And, you know, I've been doing this about 10 years. So. I think it, it, I asked Dana Lynn Bailey the other day. I'm like, when did you win your first Olympics? She's like, oh, about 10 years in. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I've asked a lot of people that, and it comes up to be around anywhere from like nine to 12 years typically. So you're telling me I got another eight years before I can say hostile is excellent. <laughs> Fuck. Hopefully I not. I don't have that kind of patience, man. Fuck that. <laughs> no, but listen, this is, I got to say, like business wise, if you're an impulsive person, you're in for a fucking rude awakening because I'm super impulsive and super impatient. And I had to like rewire my entire thinking for this business. Yeah, go ahead, Ross. Sorry. So you made, you brought up a great point slash question about Mm -hmm. having to wait 10 years. Mm -hmm. What a lot of people don't realize is that what you've done in the past, Fuad, directly affects your business now. Yeah. 
of course. Whether you had a business five years ago or not, the relationships, the credibility, everything you were able to cultivate back then is the foundation. And I think a lot of people, when they're trying to either get a supplement contract or open up a business, they completely skip the foundation. The planting the seeds part. Right. The foundation is where it, like it's a house. You need a foundation. You need to have the connections. You need to have the trust. You need to have a personality. Your podcast blew up is, is killing it. And that's a part of the puzzle that you're able to have success. So you brought up a good point that we didn't discuss when it comes to money. And this is actually a really, really big one that we haven't brought, haven't touched on yet. And that's networking and connections. So People say the term like, oh, you got to play the game. I'm going to come to you, Seth, because I know this is big. No, for I you, know. But, just, but I just, I just, <laughs> what, what were you going to say? What were you I was going to say? say rule number one, don't be a piece of shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but I, I, I really want to touch on this because it's really, really important, especially in our industry. Yeah. A lot of bodybuilders, yeah. a lot of bodybuilders are introverted. They're not very open. They don't, they're not great at making for, I'm one of those people. I have anxiety my entire life I dealt with. So I don't. I'm not uh, that. Why you become a bodybuilder? Yeah, right. So, like you know, those people, like my brother-in-law, for example, can walk up and talk to anyone about anything, and they're like best friends the next day. I'm the opposite person. So, one of the things I'm learning about in business is, like you said, Ross, your relationships matter, and I don't want to fake those relationships because I don't like being fake. But at the same time, you still have to create those relationships. So. How can you give anybody like the the introverted people that aren't great at that? What is some general rules that you guys can give them to help build that, uh, that base of relationships that they may need one day, one day down the road when they start a business or when they want to do something. Go ahead, Seth. Be yourself. Yeah, but what if your, what if if yourself is being really quiet though? That's okay then. But you still like within the day of social media, you have to put yourself out there. So Mm -hmm. like in the beginning, whenever I put myself out there, I knew that on YouTube, I needed to be entertaining, informational, and educational. Like I had to give them, like I should say, educational, informational, and entertaining. Like I wanted to educate them how to do side laterals and give them information that I've used previously to help me. And then I wouldn't be entertaining. Well, I'm a little bit of a fuck off. I'm a jokester. I like to bust balls. I grew up in a wood shop. And in the beginning, everybody was like, he's, that's not how much he swears. This guy's an asshole. All these things, he's just being fake. It's like all this. And that's where like the garden gnome thing came from, all this stuff. And I'm like, this is literally who I am. And then when people meet me in person, they're like, no, that's really how he is. He's going to make make comments. He's going to bust balls. So I'm not one to like, I don't like the selfies and sit there, but I had to get used to it. And I think in this day and age, you really do have to put yourself out there and just be yourself. Okay. But wait a minute. If you're like, if you're like, I'm a quiet person, generally I'm pretty calm, you know, just be yourself, but show the world yourself. Okay. But that's, but that's, so that's a hundred percent true, but we're still talking about social media. I'm talking about behind the scenes in building those relationships that are important to your business. So like, so Ross, for example, like, when you said creating relationships, do you stay in touch with people all the time? Like, what do you mean exactly by creating relationships? Like, are you checking on people every day? Are you, do you have a, do you have a routine of like, you know, I got to touch base with this person. I haven't talked to him in a month. Like, what does that look like? Oh, that's a good question. Um, so I've been, I've been doing sales my whole life. Yeah. Uh, 
I would say not directly answering your question, but I'm going to answer it how I'm that's fine do. um sometimes the best way to sell something whether you're selling yourself is to not sell anything so yeah. even just saying like checking in on Seth hey man how's everything going just thinking of you um let me know if you need anything that's that's all that's yeah, just yeah. a little inflection on their life that just shows someone that they that you care about them without trying to sell like, hey, Seth, you need any product? I got. Blah, blah, blah. You, don't, you don't need to do that. It'll, yeah, it'll yeah. happen. Um, Terrence, do you have any anything to add to that yeah, as far yeah. as like online clients or trying to no, grow no, your no. business? So, so right now, I'm in a really cool space. I'm really trying to advocate certain things for the athletes. Um, in the past, when people get to my position, they tend to only think about themselves. So <clears throat> when I went, I got to see with. Um, Jake Wood at the Olympia about some certain things we can do to help the athletes, whether it's, you know, making them, you know, uh, doing things that make them healthier or um, just promoting the athlete more leading into a show and providing a better um, way for them to make money. Um, so <laughs> it's taken a while to kind of build that, but <clears throat> I'm an introverted person too. Um, but I, it just kind of clicked to me, like, it's nothing like I used to feel some type of way about talking to judges or talking to people because I didn't want to be like that person, like, oh, that person's kissing ass or whatever. But yeah, yeah, yeah. building a friendship, man. I mean, like, you know, I just want to, there's nothing wrong with just talking to people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I trained at Dave's gym. This is where I'm at right now. I didn't talk to Dave for two years because I was like, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. And then I had a conversation with him like three months ago. And he's like one of the nicest dudes I've ever met. He's like 52 yeah. years old and understands me better than anyone anyone out there, you know? Yeah, yeah. But um, basically, um, just talking to people. I mean, it doesn't have to be anything. You don't have to be like trying to get something out of them, but, yeah. you know, just so. getting to know a person. Yeah, yeah, getting to I know think, that person. Sorry, I think what you said, um, one of the things that really clicked for me is when you said, I don't want to... I used to feel that a certain type of way about being that guy that was kissing ass. Yeah. That was, that's always been my thing is like, I feel like when I reach out to people that I'm not really, really close with, mm -hmm. I'm like, am I playing some kind of game? I don't want to play some kind of game. Like that's not, I don't want, yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to come off like that. Right. But I like, I don't know. Is, is there, it's a good point. It's a good point. You said there, you don't want to feel like you're playing a game, but in this industry and in all industries, like sales and whatever you're doing, there is a game. Okay. There is. That but I game like the is... idea, but I like the idea of actually building friendships well, instead of thinking it, instead of thinking it that way. Well, that's what I mean. It, there yeah. is a game. There is a political side to this. Jake would go into Terrence, like Jake would runs a fucking Olympia, like dude, billionaire. Yeah. But it's like, yeah. where's, what's, what's the outcome? The outcome is the better, the, the betterment of, how we can handle this because of parents' status. Yeah, yeah. So it's like the relationship needs to get built. And I and whenever you go in, like if if Terrence goes in there as a yes man, like Mr. Wood, you do great. <laughs> Everything's so wonderful. I love the Olympia. Everything's wonderful. You just so good. That'd be bad. Yeah. Just kissing ass for no reason. No, you be yourself. You say, hey, like, you know, this year at the Olympia, this happened, and I thought it was kind of shit. Like, I think we can do a better job. Like, you came to me for my honest opinion. This is my honest opinion. 
and you don't have to, you know, be profane, but be yourself and be forthright. And that's how you build a relationship. And, and in business, business relationships aren't personal relationships. They're business relationships where we both know the outcome has to be the betterment because you can't do it without me and I can't do it without you. So let's yeah. do cool shit together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Terrence. Yeah. I hundred yeah hundred percent agree. Yeah, I went into it uh, understanding that anything I had to say it had to make sense on his part. So like, if I want athletes to make more money, then they need to be making more money at the same time. But then also like, yeah, if I if I went into it like you said, like just praising him for everything he done, then there's there's no what's the outcome? There's no change at that point, you know. Nope. So I think just being real is always the way to be. I mean, obviously be respectful, you know, but. Yeah. Being honest, like, no, oh, I like I like this part of the Olympia, but look, hey, how about um we start promoting these athletes early on in the year to build up a story so that way people get invested in the Olympia a lot earlier, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, like, hey. So we've gone from I think there's a lot of good stuff in the podcast. We've gone, we kind of touched on a lot of really important shit that I don't think um a lot of people are necessarily doing or necessarily consider part of business. Um, I still think the two main points I want to take from it though, is hustle and honesty. It's like, cause I really feel like hustle is lost. Like people asked me when I was coming up, how I made money. And I was, man, there was so many different revenues. Like there was the contract and there was online coaching and there was selling t-shirts and there was seminars and there was guest posing, but like those things don't happen by accident like you gotta you gotta reach out to people for seminars you gotta invest your money you gotta invest your money back in to make fucking t-shirts you gotta like you have to be willing to push the envelope in all these different areas seth uh terrence you want to say something about seminars yeah real quick uh seminars guest posings whatnot people sponsorships people expect for all these people to reach out to them i got you know yes i'm known for posing but I literally, there's a list of all the, all the shows throughout the year and the promoters in the email. I went yep. through each one of the emails and contacted each and every single one of them yep. to get those guest posts. I got a lot of no's, yeah. but the yeses I got, those five, six, seven yeses were great. Even with the, the big international trips, I got to go to Korea and now I have a relationship with them. I've been back twice. Yeah, I yeah. wouldn't have got that if I wouldn't reach out to them and, may, and ask them would they be interested in something yeah. like that. And that's what I mean. That's part of hustle, right? Because like you said, people do expect you. They're just, well, people are going to find me. Well, if you're not fucking Terrence Ruffin and you're not fucking Jay Cutler, people aren't just going to find you. You yeah. have to go out of your way for them to find, like to, to show them who you are. I learned that from Jay Cutler, actually. Jay Cutler yeah. told me to do that. Listen, everybody yeah. learned a lot of shit from Jay Cutler. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I just, uh, I, I just really feel like the, the hustle, the hustle game is like lost, man. I really don't feel like people know how much effort it takes because you can have every, every pot on the, on your stove going at the same time and make a little bit of money out of each one, but you have to invest a lot of time in each one of those things. You can't just expect it all to happen. Especially when you tell a person, Hey, you got to hustle for 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's it's funny because people are willing to do that. If you tell like, if, if like Ross, if you say, it took me 10 years to turn pro or whatever, whatever it did. People be like, okay, I understand that because they, they know like it takes time to build a physique. But if you, te- if you said to somebody, it took me 10 years to make uh, my first $10 million or first million dollars or whatever, whatever it is, 
people are like, wow, that's a long time. Like they, they think it's easier for some reason. Well, that's, that's also why we're talking about this right now. Yeah. Yeah. You know I mean, because I think that a lot of people have a lot of questions and a lot of people right now, there is a huge young dem demographic of younger people that are getting into the sport and really enjoying it just as we did. And the sport is much different now than it was. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like my whole MO that I built everything on was being a hardworking motherfucker. And I'm like, you don't have to be a genius. You do not. You don't have to be a rocket surgeon. All you have to do is whatever you're going to do at that specific time, just be the best motherfucker you can be at it. There's no whatever such thing you're going to do. And as you continue to do those things in life throughout your day and your, 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 whatever you wake up, you make your coffee the way that you like to make it. Whenever you drive to work, you drive to work with purpose. Whenever you do all these things, all of a sudden in life, like things start clicking a different way. You think different about yourself. You think different about why you're doing something, the purpose that you're doing it. When, you know, when you're with your wife, you don't have your phone there the whole time. Yeah, babe, that's great. No, you're with your wife. Whenever you're at work, you're at work, like all these things. And I think that if you just adopt that, that simple minded principle, like great things will occur with you in your life. This is a nice so bag. It's not like, bro, that bag fucks hard. Thank you. <laughs> team, team did a really good job. I hate that saying, by team. the way. <laughs> I love it. It's so arrogant. Time for a new t-shirt. This this but, bag uh, no, this and, bag fucks. That's so, your t-shirt. <laughs> so the uh, the thing in life I look at, like whenever you're dealing with anybody, like not everybody is going to be built to be Terrence or, or or a business owner. You know, they might be a phenomenal coach. They might be, you know, do great with children. So I think that the only way to find these things out is to go do them and the just whenever you're going to do it, do it to the best of your ability. You do that, wild shit will occur in your life. Okay, so I'm going to ask you guys one last question that I'm curious about because I'm kind of learning it. I, I feel like I'm always, it's weird. Like after I turned 35, I feel like every year I learn way more than I learned before. I was Like before I was 35, I was just an arrogant asshole that thought I knew everything. And then after 35, I feel like I've opened my mind to all these fucking new things. So I feel like I'm learning now that anybody can run a business with some of these key principles. Like any business can be successful with some of these key principles that we're talking about. Like if you have a lot of integrity and you have a lot of honesty in what you're doing and you have a lot of hustle, I don't like, it's almost like anything can work. You know, people come up with like business ideas all the time and they're not willing to like try them. Mm -hmm. I don't want to say anything will work, but I'm just mean like, I feel like those are the two principles that could make anything really successful. Is that, do, do you guys kind of no, learn these things? Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's more principles. I just feel like when I look at my business, right, there's obviously a lot of things, like you said, like there's, there's, you know, the product has to matter, everything. But like, I feel like the everyday hustle and the, the pride and honesty that you put into your business, and that includes your products, obviously, is like the, the main things that drive it. Yes. I agree with that to to a certain extent. And that's what's kind of frustrating with the world today when you see fucking douchebags making a ton of money, doing a ton of stuff that you know is a scam. I, I think that that's probably time. what you're alluding to. You're like, you know, to have a solid, proud, successful business, you just have to be, you just, your integrity, your, 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 Im, not your image, but your, your vision of things, as long as it's a positive light, things will go yeah. well and grind the shit out of it. 
Wait, you know, me, whenever I look at someone and I know I'm like, man, fuck you. Fuck you. You're killing it. And I know you're an asshole. <laughs> you know, we all know those things occur in this industry or in other industries too. Like, you know, that's where the whole used car salesman thing came from <clears throat> because you're like, yeah, that guy is a used car salesman douchebag. All right. So let's but, go, let's go around the horn before we go. And we'll just say, give like your top three principles for having a successful business or being successful in the industry, whichever you want to provide. So Ross, you want to go first? Uh, I said it before. You got to be honest. You have to be honest with yourself, which not many people are uh, honest to the consumer and you have to have an honest product. Um, you have to be authentic because in today's age, we've talked about this a bunch of times, social media. I'm an owner. Seth's an owner. Who has an owner? They, the new way of business is the people have to know the owner. Yeah. Owners have to interact with the customers every day. We have to be vulnerable. We have to show that we are real people just like you. Like we're, we're not perfect with, you know, we're, we're real. Um, and you have to, you have to work like you're obsessed. Yeah. You are. Yeah. Okay. Seth. Anything to add to that or just those, do you agree with those uh, I three? Think, I agree. The, the, the honest, the honest with yourself is very important. I think that's probably like, just, you got to be very real with yourself and real with your people. Like just be like being yourself to me is so important that like you do not get lost because we all get lost at certain times when good things and bad things happen. And, and, and whenever you're owning a business, it's just exemplified that much more. So I think, you know, being honest with yourself, your, con your consumers and a product, like you, you have to believe in your own product. Like mm -hmm. you have to. It, and, and it doesn't matter. Like somebody could be like, bro, that shit tastes like shit. And you're like, well, I like it. And so do the 10,000 other people that bought it. But then there's probably 10,000 people that are like, yeah, that shit sucked too. Yeah, yeah. But that's just the way of the world. You just have to be oh, understanding, so, so, be so honest. Nice. And... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, that's why you have so many flavors of a product. People are like, well, I don't like vanilla. Bitch, I love vanilla. Yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> but as long as it's the vanilla that I believe in or what is best for your consumers, that's what you should be aiming for. Yeah. <laughs> Terrence, anything you want to add? Sorry, can I yeah. add? Yeah. Terrence, Sorry. One more Ross, thing. go ahead. Um, focus on the people you want to be a part of your business. So what I mean by that is, the flavor gang is very, um, we like to market in, in Axe and Sledge is a very similar way. We like to have fun. Yeah. We like to push the boundaries of humor and professionalism with, you know, innuendo, innuendos and, and things that are not, you know, you know, acceptable, quote unquote. There's people that are not going to buy into that. There's people that are not going to love it. But then there's going to be so many people that do focus on those people and fuck the other people. Wait a minute before Terrence, I just want to, please, can I play this before you answer? <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Just give me, just give me a second. Just one All second. Right. Uh, I think this is what Ross is talking about. Oh, geez. Oh, oh gosh. Hey babe, you know what day it is? Fucking Monday, Ross. No, it's Valentine's Day. 
Hmm? Shut the fuck up, Ross. Hmm? Come on. Shut up. No, Come please, on. no. Well, I've got a situation down here. Sweet poppy. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day to me. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, those poppy seeds. Oh. What the, oh, what the oh, fuck oh, are you oh, doing, oh. Ross? Hey, babe, you know what day it is? Way too much now. Dude, I mean, you got to try it now. I got to try it. <laughs> It's got to taste good, right? If it doesn't taste good, you oh, it. use my, it for something else. It's, it's my favorite shit. <laughs> oh my God. I had to, I'm sorry. I had to show that, Terrence. I didn't mean okay. to interrupt the answer, but it, uh, dude, some of the stuff I see you guys do over there, I'm like, this, how do you get away with this? Like, I can't fucking do that kind of shit. I own the shit. I can do whatever the fuck I want. It's a great point, though. Just like he said, you got to know who you're selling to. Yeah. Like, you, you, you just... You you double down on your strengths and you realize as time goes on the type of company that you are and, and your angle. Yeah, and that, I, mean, it, like, I thought it was funny. Like I'm like I actually really got to try the sweet poppy sauce and, now. And it's, someone 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 did and someone will say that doesn't make me want to buy it. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. Well, it okay. also go it also goes to the point of being yourself. I mean, Ross, that's yeah. just kind of who you are. That's your humor, and that's yeah, exactly. Um, Terrence, do you have anything to add to the three most important principles? of um being a yeah, coach give, owning a business anything like that i'll give it from a, an athlete's perspective um definitely integrity i'm not going to promote a single i love still i love a lot of their products but i'm not going to promote one of their products that i don't use i don't use every one of their products and Great point. you'll never see it on my page yep um finding a company that you yeah that you actually like it's really hard like i've had i had i mentor a lot of a lot of athletes I had one, he signed with this company. I was like, and the first question I asked him, like, did you like, do you like this company? He hesitated. He, he signed the contract still. And then three months later, he, it was done because he he's like, yeah, I didn't really like the products. I'm like, yeah, it's hard to sell shit. You don't like, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, huge, huge. Um, always when you're, when you're in a, you know, you're coming into, you know, trying to sell things to your, to your fans or coming into a, a business relationship with the company. Uh, the second thing I would say is um, look at it from a point of how can I provide value? Never look at it from like how much I can make from this person, how much can I could take from this person, but how much can, how much can I offer this person? And if you have that mindset, the money's going to come, you know, you provide a better product, more people are going to see that product and you're going to be in a better spot. So and then the last Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Finish. Sorry. Um, the last thing is just perseverance and grit. Like, like we said, it takes a while to get to a point where you're seeing, you know, the fruits of your labor. Uh, it could take, I mean, some people are lucky, you know, they, they get that quick fame and it happens really quick for them. But I've seen guys, I mean, I always go back to John. It took him decades to turn pro, you know? Not, it, you know, I'm blessed enough where it happened so quickly. But even for me, it took, I've only seen like financial success from this in the last two years where I can honestly say like, I'm in a good spot financially. I'm not worried about, you know, the next bill coming up. Mm -hmm. So 
Yeah. Those are the three things that I would say for me. So I just want to add a couple things. So Terrence said, and then we'll wrap up. I just want to say, so as far as John goes, not only did it take him, you know, X amount of shows to turn pro. I also remember him telling me stories about building his business. And from the very beginning when he was like sending emails to each person each week, he didn't know how to send batch emails or anything. And he was like typing out each person's program. And like that mountain dog business was also a 10 year business before it became as big as it really was. Right. So I guess that's a perfect example of the, the patience it takes on either side, whether it be physique or business. And the second thing I want to touch on was when you said about uh, providing value and not feeling entitled, but actually just being able to provide value for this company. I just want to give an example. So we have an athlete that will remain nameless for now, but we have an athlete that's on our team that goes above and beyond at all times. And I don't mean just in front and in social media, but I mean like behind the scenes as well. Some people think, well, why would you do that much? You're only getting paid for X. Why are you doing this other stuff? And what you can't ever guarantee this, but what it says to me is like Seth said, when he's done bodybuilding, I'll probably keep him on. He'll just turn it. He'll just be in the office instead of, you know, in the gym, he'll be uh, an athlete manager. He'll be a salesperson. He'll be something. It's just like, but this extra push for the company shows me that he really wants to be with the company. And that's somebody I want to stay with us long-term, not just like, Oh, they're not competing anymore. See you later. So that extra effort that somebody gives your company can show can end up meaning more to you in the long run uh, than just like, Oh, I did more than I should have. I feel like I, I did too much. No, it could mean that you end up with a career after bodybuilding or whatever. It's the, and a factor. Well, explain that. It's like, you can do this and do that, which just yeah. doubles the value of someone. Yeah. 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 And there's no guarantee that it'll mean, there's no guarantee that it'll mean something, but it's never going to be a bad thing. So, all right, boys, is there anything else we want to leave with? Anybody else want to add anything to this? Shout out to my wife, Elena. She's the best. I love you. No, my wife's <laughs> not. You can't How my wife's the best. How can your wife be the best? No. Uh, anybody fun. else? No, shout out to Daniel great. he's in the room over here <laughs> a video guy he liked my youtube page he's doing all the work he's working over there right now <laughs> does uh seth you want to shout out your wife as well uh yeah i love you hannah <laughs> great, great sex today. hannah knows you have like a butthole only fans yeah. now so <laughs> oh he's the one that takes the pictures <laughs> no i think uh big thing for this is be yourself and most important thing don't be a piece of shit it's Love simple it. concepts in life. <laughs> all right. Well, thank I'm done that. This was great. Thanks, okay, boys. Man. Thank you all for uh, coming on. And uh, we'll get this Thanks, out as soon man. as possible. I'm sure everybody will enjoy it. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for watching. Please subscribe, share with your friends, and like the video. And if you get a chance, check out the description for all the different links to all the different places you can find Hostile and myself. And lastly, check out Hostile.com for our new line of supplements and all of our apparel and gear. Thanks again for watching.